Welcome to Episode 9 of the Great Lakes Horror Company, brought to you by members of the Horror Writers Association Ontario Chapter, where we discuss the business of horror with a focus on the written word. This is Bill Snyder, author of some poetry horror books and HWA Ontario member. For the next few podcasts, we'll be doing something a little bit different. Each of these podcasts will be focusing on an upcoming StokerCon 2016 convention. It's an exciting weekend where people do stuff in Las Vegas, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff is going to occur down there. Today I am speaking with Brad C. Hodson, author of a number of books and stories, and the administrator for the HWA, and, if I am not mistaken, a mega-incorporated type person who's doing some of the stuff with this upcoming event, StokerCon 2016. Hi Brad, how's it going? Hi, Bill. It's going great. Thanks for having me on today. Well, we're happy to have you on because you're like one of these guys that does things for getting the HWA getting in more and more stuff, yeah? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, my understanding of StokerCon is, is this the first one? This is. This is our inaugural event. We we have partnered with the World Horror Society in the past to do the World Horror Convention, and we've had a couple of small events that have centered entirely around the Bram Stoker Awards, but our membership has grown immensely over the past few years. And so we've gotten to a point where we felt it was time to branch off, create our own convention, and really have a focus on educational opportunities for our members and people who are just getting started in the genre. Cool. And for those people who don't necessarily know what the Stoker Awards are, I mean, how can they not if they're interested in horror? What's a little bit of the history of the way that the Stoker Awards uh, came into being? So the uh, Bram Stoker Awards, uh, obviously named after the author of Dracula, uh, were started in the early 80s. That was uh, one of the first things that the, the HWA did uh, when it started. Uh, the Horror Writers Association was originally called HOW, the Horror Occult Writers League, I believe, if I'm getting that correctly. Um, and the Bram Stoker Awards were designed to recognize superior achievement uh, within the genre. Other genres, uh, science fiction, fantasy, mystery, had had awards uh, going on for a few years at that point. And uh, some of the, the bigger names in horror, uh, people like Dean Koontz, Robert McCammon, Joe Lansdale, Richard Lehman, wanted to get together and recognize the great work that was being done in this genre. And uh, it's just been going strong since. Excellent. And, we, you know, we know horror, it's that whole, I think, the expression some people have called in the past, the bastard child of genre in general. Like, how do you feel? Does, does horror, like, nowadays becoming much more an accepted type of form of, hey, that's cool? I think so. It's, it's interesting because horror is such a wide genre. Uh, it can encompass everything from very personal character-driven stories about loss that uh, maybe deal with ghosts or, or the fantastic um, all the way to things like, like saw and Friday the 13th. Um, I was going to throw a fun fact in there about saw. Apparently one of the warehouses where they do some of the post-production is about a couple thousand feet that way from my place. Uh, in the past, who are some of the most more uh, noteworthy type uh, people who have won Stoker Awards in the past? Oh, I mean, you know, the big names in the genre obviously put a few under their belts. Uh, Stephen King, Clive Barker, um, Jack Ketchum. We, uh, 
what's, what's been really interesting in the past couple of years have, has been the diversity in the awards, I think. Uh, smaller authors, uh, authors from different backgrounds, not traditional backgrounds. Um, uh, Usman Malik uh, won for his short story last year. Uh, he uh, is a, a Pakistani-American. He, he writes from that background. Um, so we're getting a lot of uh, a lot more women, a lot more um, people from uh, marginalized corners of society uh, being honored by the awards, uh, which I love because that's always been, to me, one of the draws of horror. Horror is not a place for so much the uh, the status quo. You know, horror both pushes boundaries and is kind of a haven for the the boundaryless, if that's a word. <laughs> eh, if it's if it's not, we'll consider it one now. We do you know the English language; it keeps growing and adding new things all the time. And I'm glad you brought up the diversity thing because, like, Women in Horror Month was uh, February, just recently passed, and I think that's cool because horror is an all-inclusive type genre, right? Yes, definitely. And you know, I was on a panel a couple of years ago um, uh, honoring Clive Barker, and um, one of the things that we all talked about, you know, because I'm I'm from East Tennessee myself, so you know, I grew up in this very you know conservative Appalachian backwoods kind of environment. And um, Clive Barker was the, the first place where I was uh, exposed to healthy homosexual relationships or, um, you know, just just these things out of the norm that I, I wouldn't have seen growing up. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely was a way to, um, to kind of see another side of life and to, to appreciate that. And I know that's, that might seem odd to people who aren't involved in the genre, because unfortunately we're, where often the cliche is, you know, it's just, it's nothing but blood, guts and gore. Um, but it, it, it does explore so many things that you, you can't deal with safely in other fiction. Not that it's necessarily safe in horror. <laughs> no, nothing's safe. Just watch the watching dead. Everybody's possibly dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's an interesting concept. The whole idea about how you can explore like the stuff that other genres might actually consider taboo. Uh, I even see like science fiction, fantasy, and other types of genre teams to be opening up a little bit more, but it seems like horror has actually, like you said, opened that door a little bit easier because it's like, well, they're strange, so it's okay for them to be stranger. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, uh, horror's always been kind of the vanguard, I think, of a lot of these these uh, concepts and ideas. Um, it's It's a fiction where people people come to it expecting to be uncomfortable. And I think that might be the biggest distinction uh, in, in regards to subject matter like that uh, between horror and other genres is, is you kind of want to be uncomfortable, even if it's in a familiar, comfortable way. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Victorian ghost stories um, and you kind of know what you're getting anytime you sit down to read a Victorian ghost story. So there's a level of comfort there, but it's, it's the comfort of the uncomfortable I suppose. <laughs> sure. And then they can throw in that random twist like, hey, exploding robot heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm assuming you liked Crimson Peak then. Yeah, you know, I did. I'd give it a good solid three out of five stars. I uh, love the atmosphere. Um, and, you know, for ghost stories, that's a that's obviously one of the, the biggest components is the atmosphere. But I, I also... And Crimson Peak dealt with this in kind of a twisted way, but <laughs> you know, one of the one of the things that's always drawn me to ghost stories, uh, 
is the the sense of loss. You know, it's a way somebody once said, I think it might have been Harlan Ellison. Oh, that, he said everything. Um, yeah, he's pretty much. But it's that horror horror is a way to deal with a subject matter that you can only deal with in your imagination. And that's death and what happens after. Um, yeah, I I won't get into a sad sack thing about about my life. Yeah. Um, uh, I've had a lot of a lot of unpleasantness in my family when I was young, and so uh, horror is an interesting way to deal with that. And uh, especially my own writing, I didn't, I wasn't conscious of it at first, but in the past couple of years, I've become very aware of some recurring themes that I tend to write about that are obviously me dealing with things that I experienced as a child. Oh, cool. Um, all right. We're going to go back to StokerCon stuff. So what, what made the decision to go and open StokerCon in Vegas? Besides the fact that it's a fun party town. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's Vegas. Oh, okay. It's Vegas. <laughs> well, That's... yeah. Um, you know, uh, the co-chair, Rena Mason, lived in Las Vegas for quite a while. And uh, she currently lives in Reno, but but she knows the town very well. She helped uh, some smaller conventions that were going there, and uh, she threw forth the idea of doing our inaugural event there. We felt it was a good place. You know, Vegas is the kind of town that people would want to come visit, even if there wasn't a convention going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good a good contrast to things we've done before. Um, you know, we've we've had a few events that we co-hosted in like Provo, Utah, or you know, smaller areas and, um, you know, nothing against those places, but it's, they're not the draw that say Las Vegas is, or, you know, in 2017 we're having it in Los Angeles. So I was just going to say, it's like Provo, Utah, not high on my list of, not that it's a terrible place. I'm sure it's a lovely place. Not high on my list of places to go, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. That's the thing. And again, nothing against it. It's a great place and the conventions there are fun, but, um, you know, for I know for me, just as a convention goer, uh, I would much rather go to Las Vegas or or Los Angeles. I mean, granted, I live in Los Angeles, but you know, oh, you that's why you want to do the next one in Los Angeles. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, we have a little bit of a little bit of a built-in uh, crew there. <laughs> okay, so so is the con going to move from city to city, different cities all the, every year, or is it going to rotate between a small group of cities? Uh, is it? I, I know the World Horror Convention was uh, a, an open bid type thing or whatever at some point as well. Yeah, so the way that SoakerCon will work is uh, it it's not so much an open bid system the way the World Horror Convention is operating. Um, but we will take some input from our members. And if we have a strong chapter in an area that want to host the event, um, then that's definitely something we'll Come to Toronto! Toronto would be a great place. I know you, you guys have a very strong chapter there. Well, thank you. We um, like to think so, too. Yeah, I mean, you guys are constantly hitting events. And I know I'm always sending flyers and, and uh, posters and whatnot up there for for you guys so yeah toronto would be great um we'd love to get across the pond hit the uk mm-hmm. uh we have a growing presence in in italy right now we're looking at, at um uh some growing stuff in france so you know, tr- it, it would be great if every other year we were getting outside of the united states uh i think that would be great not only for the the fun of the con itself but um for that that diversity i mean we have members all over the globe and horror is a genre that appeals so much to 
to people everywhere uh, in a way that few other genres do. And so I think we should definitely be servicing that. Absolutely. And I think diversity as a buzzword is going to be pretty much a heavy, strong one in today's lexicon for a while. Yeah, I I just realized how many times I've said it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's a good word. It's actually very inclusive. I like that word, too. So it's all fun. So so what are some of the kinds of things that people can expect to see, do, hear, feel, sort of be scared of at a StokerCon event? Like it being a new uh, a new series, how it's going to go? What's bang? Uh, some of the things will look like past events. You, you'll have, uh, we'll have panels. We'll have the Bram Stoker Award uh, banquet ceremony and uh, viewing of the actual uh, award ceremony. Uh, but in addition to that, what we're really focusing on this time around is we, we have a series of workshops called Horror University. And they're being taught by uh, bestsellers and award-winning writers in the genre. Um, people like Jack Ketchum um, and John Skip, uh, you know, where Jonathan Mayberry is teaching a couple. Um, and each of them focus on either different aspects of writing or the business of writing, uh, which I think anyone who gets into writing can agree is probably harder and more confusing than the actual writing itself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can attest to that one. Many Facebook friends saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Do what you can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, so that will be a big departure from events we've done in the past. And um, we're, we're hoping to make Horror University not just a recurring thing at StokerCon, but to eventually branch out uh, into a, a year-round type of event. Uh, we're looking at the possibility of hosting workshops online and doing some other things just to provide those educational opportunities. We're also going to have a series of presentations um, about different fields. Uh, for instance, Joe McKinney, who uh, many of your listeners are probably They've probably read his fiction. Joe is a uh, uh, police detective in Texas, and so he's going to be doing a presentation all about uh, police procedure, which I think you know any writer would find invaluable. Uh, Lisa Morton, our our president, uh, is also doing a presentation on ghosts and the history of ghosts in in our culture, and uh, so we'll have a few of those going on. Anne Serling, Rod Serling's daughter, is doing a presentation about her father. Uh, any horror fan worth their salt would be interested. Absolutely. I'm just very sad that uh, I'm not going to get to go this year because I really, really wanted to go. It's just not going to work out for me. Next year, though, I'm really going to try and get there. Oh, you, yeah, definitely come next year. Uh, the Our inaugural event this year is going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. Next year is going to be a lot of fun, too. We have uh, George R. Martin, one of our guests of honor. Nice. And uh, being in Los Angeles, uh, we're we're actually hosting it in Long Beach at the historic and haunted Queen Mary. Very um, nice. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. And we're obviously, being in Los Angeles, we're going to have a strong film presence there, which is also one of the things, you know, a uh, different type of diversity. But uh, the Horror Writers Association is really pushing right now. Horror is thriving in so many different mediums. And we want to represent film and we want to represent television and graphic novels, and video games and all these areas, role playing games where where horror is is strong. It's thriving. It's bringing in new fans of the genre. 
and has some phenomenal writing going on. Absolutely. We're excited right now. Uh, we're having our first ever short film competition at StokerCon this year, the Lucky 13 for short film competition. Uh, films have to be 13 minutes or shorter. <laughs> and we've been getting some phenomenal films coming in and uh, from all over the world, too. Uh, I'm really excited. I haven't had a chance to view their films yet, so I hope they're good. But but we've had a, a few w uh, female filmmakers from Iran nice. submit films. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, now, do they have to be HWA members to submit? No, they do not. Okay, so, then I might suggest to a few people to say, hey, you should probably submit because they aren't, but they're thinking about yeah, definitely. Definitely spread the word. Anyone listening to this, if you guys want to submit, hop on over to StokerCon2016.com, and there's a link to the Lucky 13 Horror Short Film Competition, and you can jump in. We're open still for submissions for about two weeks now. So. Nice. Nice. And when is StokerCon 2016, the inaugural event? It is May 12th through 15th, and it's going to be at the Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. So, so can you gamble and stuff as well? Oh yeah. Oh okay. In fact, I'm, I'm sure they would hope that you do. <laughs> oh okay. So, so they're gambling on that possibility. But up, up, up. Exactly. Can't <laughs> help but the puns. You know, it's it's just. So yes, I'm a I'm a big fan of comedy humor. Uh, sorry, horror humor. I'm messing up my own terms, my daughter. But I'm not going to worry about it because I'm going to plow right through. Comedy humor, horror. It's a wonderful thing. Puns are awesome parts of that, right? Indeed. <laughs> so you're stoked for the StokerCon, right? <laughs> I sure am. I had to throw that in there because, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, I would I would be suspect if you didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, it's, it's, all, it's all good. So what is the thing that you're most looking forward to in StokerCon this year? Is it, It's the inaugural event. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm I'm really looking forward to the workshops. Uh, I've signed up for a couple myself. I'm doing Jack Ketchum's, which is on how to write from experience and uh, pulling all the, the just basically the most horrible thing ever happened to you in your life. Yeah, so Jack Ketchum's workshop uh, should be really exciting. It's all about writing from the wound, writing from just horrible experiences that you've had. So that should be fun, maybe therapeutic. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, John Skip is doing one on plotting that I've signed up for. I'm really excited about. There's a few others uh, I've signed up that I'm excited about. So those should be fun. The um, We also have uh, pitch sessions that are going on. Uh, RJ Cavender is heading those up. He'll be announcing who's taking pitches soon. But uh, I can say that we'll have someone from one of the big five publishers. We'll have some agents and we'll have a major Hollywood uh, production company presence there, so so those should be really exciting. Nice, especially for people who don't normally get the opportunity to to pitch to people. So they could get that big break and say, "Hey, oh my God, I got okay. I'm gonna have to work hard again." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. So, who are some of the other guests that are showing up? Um, like I, the authors that you've uh, explained: Joe McKinney, uh, Jack Ketchum, uh, Maybury know all these guys they're awesome people i've met a couple actually i've met most of them except i think one of them um who else can we look forward to seeing there as well uh well i just saw that david morell just registered excellent so he's always he's always a great person to have around our guests of honor this year are ellen datlow um 
who you're probably familiar with from her best horror of the year uh, that she edits every year. Many uh, other anthologies, yes. Oh, yeah. Ellen is all over the place. Yes. Fantastic editor. Um, Jack Ketchum's one of the guests of honor. Uh, Les Klinger, who did the new annotated H.P. Lovecraft, the annotated Sandman, um, just uh, just some phenomenal nonfiction work. We have uh, Daniel Knopf, who, uh, if you're familiar with the show Carnival, that was mm-hmm. on HBO, Daniel was the creator of that show, so he's one of our guests. Cool. Uh, Marge Simon, who's a multiple Bram Stoker Award-winning poet. Um, that, that's my genre, poetry. <laughs> hey, you know, it's a, it's a shame you're not uh, going to be able to make it, because there's a few poetry workshops, too. Dagnabbit! Well, we'll see if we can pull a bunny out of our butt at some point, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's it's too close. <laughs> um, we also have uh, R.L. Steins. I know that name. Self. Yeah. We're excited about that. Uh, he's having a big signing there, too. Um, Ann Serling, Rod Serling's daughter. Nice. Uh, Tony Timpone from Fangoria. Ryan Turek, who's the director of development at Bloomhouse. Um, and then uh, uh, another guest of honor and our Toastmaster is Stephen Jones. He's also an amazing editor. He does the year's best horror. Nice. Uh, as, a, as opposed to Ellen's best horror of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get it too um, confused like that. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's going to be a fantastic event. So many authors are signed up. That's just our guest of honor. People like Jonathan Mayberry, David Morrell, Joe McKinney are just, just people who are coming to the convention and you know a couple of them decided to do workshops or whatever yeah so pretty much i mean the entire thing is going to be packed with people uh that, that you've read and enjoyed you can throw a rock and hit someone that you've admired although i don't recommend throwing rocks inside casinos i was just going to say i think the police and security may take a dim view of that yeah we've all seen the scorsese movies <laughs> yeah so um I don't know what what else is, can we talk about with the Stokers coming up? Uh, the actual Stokers themselves, how have they um, how have they affected some of the authors who have been? I mean, we know the Kings, we know the uh, Barkers, we know we know them. What about uh, other people who are a little bit less on that pinnacle of success and recognition? How has the awards affected their lives and movements and stuff like that? Well, you know, what's been great is with some of the lesser known authors who have been nominated and won, they usually get approached by agents. And I know a few authors who have signed with their agent as a result of even just being nominated for the award. Uh, couple that with, with the broadening visibility that we have for the award. CBS did a little segment on the awards last year. Amazon now has the Stoker Award winning list up every year so you can peruse to to purchase from uh we've had some film production companies reach out inquiring about some of the works uh so i i think it's really becoming a boost for these smaller authors and a lot of that is uh thanks to our our pr volunteer tom kalen who i can't say enough about and he has a lot of a lot of things on the horizon that are really going to increase the visibility of the words and i think in the next couple of years it'll really become a game changer for some of the authors who win uh, in the meantime, one of the, the biggest perks I see is if you like writing short stories, if you get nominated for an award, you start getting invited to a ton of anthologies. Um, I, I, editors, I guess, peruse the award nomination list, and I can't blame them. That's a, a great place to go to look for talent for your next book. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, 
So what are some of the other things that you, some of the works you've been involved in and, and uh, some of the uh, material that people can find about your uh, writings and stuff? Well, I just got my author copy in the mail for a, uh, a book called Madhouse. It's an anthology that I co-edited with uh, Bram Stoker award-winning novelist Benjamin Kane Etheridge. And uh, it's, it's an interesting book. We uh, um, approach it a little differently. It's a shared world anthology. So all of the short stories take place in the same mental institution on the night that a sandstorm blows in, traps everyone inside, and something supernatural comes with it. And we have some fantastic authors who contributed stories, Christopher Conlon, Scott Nicholson, Lisa Morton, John Palisano, New York Times bestseller Megan Hart, Sarah Brooke. We have um, uh, Rita Mason, a lot of Stoker Award winners, a lot of uh, big authors. John Skip does this amazing story that helps close out the book. Um, but in addition to that, Ben and I wrote chapter fiction to go along with it. So our goal uh, was that if you picked up Madhouse and you read it cover to cover, it would read like a novel. But you could also just pick it up and just read individual stories as you would with any anthology. And so we're really proud of how it turned out. I'm looking at the book now, and uh, Aaron Alfrey did the artwork for it. And uh, uh, the artwork is amazing in a very nightmare-inducing way. <laughs> what more fun could you not want? Yes. Yeah, Exactly. But that's due out. Uh, that should be due out for the public later this month. It's from Dark Regions. Uh, it's the first in their their specific horror branded line. Um, we're really excited about that. And then uh, I'm working right now. My my first novel, Darling, uh, was optioned for a feature film. So I've been working with the director on that, um, giving him a couple of drafts of the screenplay. And we just got some good actors attached. Uh, R.J. Mitty, who played Walt Jr. in Breaking Bad is attached to the, the film and uh, Kenny Wormald, who was the lead in the Footloose remake and most recently played Dennis Wilson in Love and Mercy. Uh, he just came on board. So that cool. film looks like it's coming together and it's fun too. My, uh, um, my agent wanted me to, to, I, I have the rights to that book back. And so she thinks she can sell it to a bigger house with the, the uh, uh, film coming out. And so I was like, you know, i that was the first thing I ever wrote. Let me go take a look at it and just polish it. And I opened it back up and, and I could not help myself. I'm like, after writing the screenplay, I'm rewriting the entire novel now. So. Yeah. It's like, I don't like those words there. Get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how it is. Like you, you, you're constantly growing as a writer, which is one of the great things about it. But you know, on the flip side, sometimes you look back at things that you did earlier in your career and you just cringe. <laughs> yes. I am. I have. I have seen this. Yes. I am not going to say <laughs> yeah, anything I more. That, I think I read that uh, Dan Simmons will sometimes do readings of books that he published twenty years ago, and while he's doing the readings, he takes a red pen to the book. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, it's in the same vein as Frank Rosetta, the artist of a fantasy stuff, would still retouch up the paintings he'd done twenty years ago after they did the museum thing. He'd go in every once in a while and retouch them. Yeah, because he didn't like something. Well, you know, the old uh, the old saw. I think it was was Michelangelo, but uh, you know, work of art is never completed; it's merely abandoned. Yes, <laughs> there you go, and it's only complete when you die, because then it becomes worth something. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. It's that's how that whole thing works. And we, being horror writers, we live on that edge of the dark. <laughs> 
Indeed. Well, I just wanted to say thanks for joining us at the uh, Great Lakes Horror Company podcast brought to you by the HWA's Ontario chapter. Thanks for having me on. It was really great. Had a good time. Uh, I, I look forward. I know you can't make it this year, but hopefully you can make it next year. I look forward to seeing you one of these days. I've got to show up one of these days. Just out of the blue. Nobody will see me coming. I'll just go ahead and then I'm out. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, again, thanks for being with us. Have yourself an amazing weekend and enjoy the rest of StokerCon. I'm sure it's going to be a heck of a big bang full of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, that would conclude our episode with Brad C. Hodson. Join him and many other people at StokerCon 2016, running from May 12th to 15th at the Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas. You can register or get more information at http colon backslash backslash StokerCon, that's S-T-O-K-E-R-C-O-N, 2016-2016.horror, H-O-R-R-O-R dot org, backslash. You can also meet HWA Ontario chapter members at some other upcoming events. In April, some of our members will be attending Ad Astra in Toronto at the Sheridan Parkway Toronto North, so you may run into a whole bunch of them there. That runs April 29th to May, tw- May 1st, and you can get more details at adastraad-astra.org. Also in April, look for the Globetrotters, or our Globetrotters, at the World Horror Convention. It's an annual literary-based event for the horror industry centered around authors, publishers, editors, artists, and other related to the creation and production of scary stuff. This year, the WHC will be held in Provo, Utah on April 28th and May 1st, sorry, April 28th to May 1st, 2016. More information at worldhorrorconvention.com. And in July, we will have a booth, the Ontario HWA chapter, that is, at Rue Morgue's Dark Carnival from July 9th to the 10th in Hamilton, Ontario, or the Hammer. More info at darkcarnivalexpo.com. Drop by for giveaways, contests, signings, pick up some great books, and you can find us at Twitter at G-L-H-O-R-R-O-R-P-O-D-Cast or on Facebook as the Great Lakes Horror Company. We have online contests and announcements coming up all the time, so follow us and subscribe on iTunes. Until next time, have yourself an amazing time, be well, be brightness, be fun, and just be. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.